And in that lesson is something for all of us adults to remember. You know, it's easy at one point in your life to think about, oh yeah, I'm a child of God. But you grow up and you start to pay bills and you start to raise kids and you kind of lose that sense of wonder, don't you? Somewhere along the way, you stop saying the funny things the kids upstage say. And everything seems so serious and we move on with life and we forget that to be a part of the kingdom of God, what did Jesus tell us we need to become like? Like little children. So maybe today has been a reminder in some way of what we truly are, that our identity is first and foremost as children of God. But that's hard to believe sometimes, isn't it? Because if you grew up in a church like mine, you probably had a lot of good influences there, but you probably heard a message somewhere along the way, maybe not in your church, but I remember catching this message, that if you live in this way, then God will truly love you. And let me tell you, that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not if you do this, then God will. No, it is God loves you, you are his child, and because you are his child, this is the way he desires for you to live. And that's a very different way of hearing the gospel, isn't it? One says, if you live in this way, then you can earn God's love. But the truth is, you can't earn God's love. There is nothing you can do today, no matter what great idea you have, there's nothing you can do today where God would uh, say, you know, I love you a little more tonight because of what you did today. On the other hand, there's nothing you could do today if you could dream up the worst thing you could do where God would say, you know, I don't think I love you as much as I did when you woke up this morning. God will never love you any more or any less than he does right now. And sometimes the gospel we've heard isn't the gospel because it's not good news at all. The good news is that Jesus was willing to die on our behalf. He was willing to be buried and he was willing through the power of God to be raised from the dead. And because of that, we all have hope of eternal life. But not just eternal life one day, but abundant life today. Filled with the Holy Spirit, just as we saw earlier today with Jaden. Have you ever noticed how often in Scripture that God changes people's names? It's like this is part of what he does or something like that. I mean, he gives Adam the first chance to name all the animals, but after that, he's changing name here and there. Abram and Sarai are these first two characters that he changes their name. They become Abraham and Sarah. All right, not that big of a difference, but he gets better as he goes along because there's Jacob, and Jacob's name means swindler or trickster, right? And as God changes his name, he changes his name to Israel, which means wrestles with God, which is a better name than swindler, but still, come up with something better. But this is the story of God and his people, isn't it? Israel, the people of God, there are people who continue to wrestle with God through the wilderness and through the journey that God has with them. God changes our names and he changes Jacob's name. He changes a guy named Simon who followed him for several years. He, he changed his name to Peter, which means rock. He changed a guy named Saul who had all kinds of bad connotations with that king in Israel. He changes his name to Paul as transformation happens in his life. And these name changes are not just incidental. They're part of the story. And maybe some of us need a name change as well. Maybe not on the birth certificate, but maybe it's back to the name he gave us from the start, which is what Marty's story reminded us this morning. We are all children of God. At least that's what John believes. 
No, not John the Baptist, John the, the apostle, the disciple of Jesus. Do you remember him? He's one of the close three that walks around with Jesus. He's there at the transfiguration. He's there all throughout his ministry. And this is what he writes in a book he writes later in his life. It's in 1 John, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. I want to read this, and I want this to sink down deep. If you're somebody who likes to, to, to give verses to your kids and, and, and bless them with those, this might be one of those verses. Or maybe you need to write this on your dashboard someplace with a card or maybe on your mirror at home. I want to read this, 1 John 3 verse 1. This is John, this is what he says. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Would you read that again with me right now? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So these babies that we saw earlier on stage, they're children of God. But the truth is that you are a child of God. I'm a child of God. Some of you are sons, some of you are daughters, but we are all children of the King. And i got to tell you, in the midst of a church where I heard certain messages about having to live a certain way in order to be loved, there was also something else in that church that I received that was a great gift. It started before the church ever came along. It was my parents and grandparents. I I come from a heritage of faith, and they were praying prayers over over me from an early age that, that faith would be developed in my life, and they stepped through Uh, their own journey of faith, trying to walk as well as they could, making mistakes along the way, but certainly loving us into the kingdom as well as they knew how to. I'm grateful for that. But it wasn't just my my family. No, it was a community of faith that was forming this reminder about this love of God that's lavished on us, that we are children of God. That is what we are. I remember Miss Winnie. Miss Winnie was my second grade Bible class teacher, Sunday school teacher. And, and she was an elder's uh, wife, and, and I don't remember the elder all that well, but I sure remember Miss Winnie. Because she would open Scripture to us and, of course, put the felt characters on the felt board. And she reminded us of these great stories about God and reminded us every week, you're loved by God. You're the beloved of, you're a child of God. And somehow that message worked its way into my life. A couple of years ago, I was teaching at the Pepperdine Bible Lectures. It was my first class I got to teach out there. And you know who showed up from San Diego and made the drive up there? It was Miss Winnie. Miss Winnie was sitting there on the front row. And it was such a great reminder that here I'm sharing this message of good news. But it all started because of a Sunday school teacher who every Sunday came in and reminded us of the very same things. That you're the beloved of God. And then I think back to my high school years. I'd already been baptized at that point, but I was 16 years old. I was at summer camp, and our summer intern was a guy named Josh. And Josh saw something in me that others didn't see, or maybe I didn't see in myself, but I remember him finding me one night, taking me on a walk on this road before we went back to the cabin. And what he said to me was, Colin, I know you're trying to love Jesus. You're trying to follow him, but his love is far greater than what you know. And you've got more inside of you if you would become a disciple and follow him more deeply. I want to ask you, I want to beg you if you'd walk this path even closer to God. And I remember him giving me a devotional guide for 60 days. It was the first time for that long I'd been in scripture and been journaling. And and he encouraged me. I would not be on the stage today if it were not for that conversation by an intern at 16 years old who saw something in me I couldn't see in myself. And then it was a, in my first church, when I went to Denver, I was thinking I was going to take this city by storm and our church was going to do it. And, and you know what happened? 
I showed up to that church and I met a widow named Helen. And you know what Helen did? She reminded me that she knew Jesus far greater than I probably ever would. That I learned that many of the people in the congregation are going to be better followers of Jesus than I, even I am. And I love that. I love being in a place where I can look to people and say, man, I want to do it like them. Helen was one of those people. And for her every week to be there and to give the encouragement, you know what she did? Her ministry was writing cards to people. And I remember one Sunday when we were honoring her, I I asked everyone in the congregation who'd received a card from Helen at some point to raise their hands or, or to stand up, and pretty much everyone there had received a card except for the guests who were there that week. It was just this gift of just writing these cards that was the greatest gift of encouragement that reminded me that how great the love that God has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Then I happened into church here at Greenville Oaks. And I remember the first Sunday night that I was here, y'all threw this great party for us. We felt so welcomed and still working on your names. I'm sorry about that. But, but I remember one man that just stood out to me. He was in his 90s. And uh, his name is Wendell, and he's here this morning. But I'll tell you what, Wendell, Wendell's an encouragement to me. Every Sunday he'll come up usually and he'll... He'll say, you know, that, that was a great sermon. I really appreciate what you do. You're just, thank you for what you do in leading us. I'm sure many of you have received the same handshake in different ways from Wendell. And when I think about Wendell and the way he leads his community where he lives, and is, he, he's just reminding people wherever he goes, you're loved by God. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And then I think about my own kids. I think about Maddox and Addison and Brooklyn. And becoming a, a father and, and learning in a whole new way how great the love the, the, that the father has lavished on us. Now I know that in a new way. Many of you who are parents know the same thing. To hold that child in your arms and to think there is nothing this child could do. As angry as they make me sometimes and frustrated, right? There's nothing they could do that would cause me not to love them anymore. And one day they're going to test that, right? Some of you are older parents. You know this, right? But there is nothing that they can do that is going to change the love I have for them. And when I know that about me as a flawed father, think about the father who's promised here through John's words that how great is the love that God has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is what you are, a child of God. But it took a community of faith to remind me of that. It took Miss Winnie and it took Miss Helen and it took... Wendell and it took Josh, it took all of these people who were surrounding me to remind me in the midst of my forgetting how great is the love that God has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. You see, God is not angry with you, He lavishes His love on you. You are a child of God. And so, If you did not have a baby on stage earlier, the point of this morning was not just to say, look, let's dedicate these children and parents, good luck. No, this morning is about a whole church coming together and saying, we're going to be Miss Winnie and we're going to be Josh and we're going to be Mr. Wendell and we're going to be all of these people in these children's lives so that one day when they forget, they'll be reminded how great is the love that God has lavished on us. That we should be the children of God. That is what we are. 
So this morning we do celebrate, but we do more than that. We covenant and commit to something together, to raising these babies you saw on stage with their siblings and so many more in this church so that they'll know that truth for the rest of their lives, that they'll have it implanted deep down in them so that that is the refrain that comes through in their minds when they doubt it, that they'll remember those words. So right now I'd like to ask if the covenant that we're going to read in just a moment, if you'd put that up on the screen right now, Mike. I want you to read over this, not out loud, but first just in your, in your heads. Because before you commit to this, I want you to take this seriously. If you cannot commit to these words, don't say them. We're, we're, I'm trying to make liars out of anyone this morning. But if you're willing to commit and to covenant with one another to help these children come to know Jesus, if that's something you want to commit to, I want to ask you to be a part of this and to read this in just a moment. But right now, let's read through these words before we make this commitment together. Go back to that first slide, Mike, and if you're willing to commit to raising and helping these kids come to know Jesus in the ways that you've read, let's stand right now and let's say these words together. Read with me, if you will, if you'll commit to this. We will be extended family for these new parents. We will offer our personal help and encouragement when needed. We will refrain from unfair criticism and snap judgments. We will give them advice when asked and support them with prayer without being asked. We will listen to their stories, share their concerns, and look at their pictures. We will learn their names and share with them our stories. We will give our hearts to these families and love them as Christ has loved us. Thank you for that commitment today. We need it as a family, and all of these families together need it. Stay standing right now as we continue our worship together. It's the craziest thing. And I remember that feeling of, they're actually going to let us go out of the hospital with this baby? Like, and then you, you put them in the car seat, for those of us you know, who had car seats when our babies went home, and and you're, you're driving so slow and thinking everyone's crazy around you and you're trying to protect this life. But one day they're going to go to kindergarten like we're going to experience for the first time this year. And eventually some of you are, are going to launch seniors. We're going to celebrate Senior Sunday and two Sundays. And you're going, yeah, you ain't seen nothing with kindergarten. Wait till they go off into the job force or into, into more education. But there's this sense of not knowing what it's like to be, as a parent, we're learning along with the kids what it means to do life. And there's going to be some families on stage later today who are walking through this, the early stages of how do we raise our kids to follow Jesus? We want it so badly. And so over the next hour, what I want to invite you to do, I want to invite you to a time of celebration. Celebrate with these families who are celebrating life, some for the first time, some are walking through and... and, it's, it's like the walking, you know, trying to get sleep is just the hardest thing, right? And some of these older brothers and sisters, they're still struggling with what it means to have a new sibling in the family. But this is more than just about celebration today. 
This is a time of covenanting. It's a time of commitment because what we long to see is that all of these children that we're dedicating today, one day we hope that with Jaden they will confess with their lips that Jesus Christ is Lord. So in just a moment we're going to get to see that. But don't forget that what we start today, what we dedicate today, what we covenant to today is longing to see something happen in the days to come. And it's going to take all of us as a community to get them there. I think Jesse and Lisa would say that this morning. Is it's not just been them, it's been others in this church family. So I hope they're ready just about now. In fact, they are. So let's watch this new birth, this spiritual birth, happen right now in baptism. 